All right, so we're still going to be on uh, sanctification. Um, kind of just starting sanctification on Wednesday nights now. Uh, I went over the positional sanctification uh, on Sunday. Um, it's always positional before it's progressive. We always have to be in Christ. And once we are in Christ, then we have been set apart. And going through that, I know our minds go straight to probably being set apart uh, whenever we think of sanctification or something, but it's it's a little bit tougher to get there than just, that's kind of like the really simplified version. Uh, and so tonight we're going to look at the words in the Old Testament, words in the New Testament, and words in culture uh, that those a lot of those words are derived from. Um, so looking at sanctification, um, culturally, they are found. It's found in um, ancient text. Uh, the I would say that Akkadian. I don't know if that's actually correct. The dialect. It means clean or pure. Um, this word is. Um, you see it there in the Hebrew, uh, and it's basically kadesh is how you would pronounce it. Uh, in the Canaanite text, it would mean holy. And it's always used within a cultic sense. So some type of ritualistic type setting apart or holy uh, to God. Um, and then the ancient Semitic, it describes the status or character of being holy. So, and all of that, the closest we have is the Akkadian dialect with consecrated. that uh, would make it look like it being set apart, right? Um, and so set apart is actually mostly inferred about the word, and it's easy to get there once we look at all of the uh, all of the words that we're going to look at tonight that you can see that, hey, obviously if it is holy, if it's clean, if it's pure, it's been set apart by God or by man to be pure. Um, so... One of the quotes in there was um, this, this. It is sort of like the, a dilemma of a young child faces in school when he, he is urged to define a new word by synonyms or by descriptive combinations of other words besides the new term being learned. After straining over, there's the Kaddish word, we are hard-pressed to say any more than that the basic meaning of the noun forms is holiness. The essence of the adjective holy is holy, and the force of the verb to be holy is to be holy. McKimsky uh, therefore concludes that it seems best to see the root word, Kaddish, as serving to delineate the sphere of holy. I think that's the wrong sphere there. Sphere should have been there. Um, the sphere of holy, or being holy. So really what we should think about with sanctification is it being holy. And I know our mind says, well, if it's going to be holy, then it's got to be set apart. It can't be of this world, basically. Um, so, once again, without getting too far into it, that's the problem we face with this word. is because it's really hard to explain with other words because it's kind of its own, its own sphere of word. Um, so, looking at the Old Testament now, and there's going to be a lot of verses. I think I got most of it on here. Um, um, so, there's 
the primary root, which is the, the main word that we'll see in the Old Testament, is the Kaddish, uh, which is holy. And Leviticus 10.10 10 says, And to make a distinction between the holy and the profane, and between the unclean and the clean. So the distinction is that it is holy. And the distinction being that it is clean and not unclean. So as you can see, it's kind of hard to separate it. You, know, If it's holy, well, it means it's set apart. And so that's the reason why it's kind of, uh, we always think of sanctified as being set apart. Uh, number 1635 says, uh, as the censors, um, and this was of the Korites, I think was their name, uh, the censors of these men who have sinned at the cost of their own lives have them made into hammered sheets as plating for the altar, since they did present them before the Lord, and they are holy, and they shall serve as a sign to the sons of Israel. So you can see it there as being presented, set apart. They are now holy, or um, the word there would be the Kaddish. So they are basically still set apart, even though that word technically means holy in the Old Testament. What they called a secondary root is in this Badil. I mean, that's basically how it's pronounced. It's, it's up by, you can throw in a lot of different letters in between those three letters though. That's how the Hebrew works, but um, it does mean set apart. So Leviticus 20, 24 says, so I have said to you, you are to take possessions of their land and I myself will give, you, give it to you to possess a land flow of milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has singled you out from the peoples. So you'll see uh, our English translations will translate this as singled out or separated. So if you were to single out something, you'd set it apart. Uh, and here God has done that uh, from the peoples. Uh, number 16.9 says, is it too small an honor for you that the God of Israel has singled you out from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to perform the service of the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to minister to them? So once again, God has singled you out. So once again, set apart and have basically... We can still relate that to being it being holy now because it's going to be used as part of the for the congregation of Israel. It is consecrated to him. So do both words point to separation equally? The Kadesh and the No, Kadesh really means to be holy. That's it. Yes, but you can't look at those words and not say, well that it's gotta be set apart if it's gonna be holy. Okay. So obviously the second word literally means... You have to single out, yeah. And there's another one that we'll get into that's more of the from. And there's another word, I think it's called, I think it's pronounced men, like our minimum, M-I-N. That's the from part uh, that we'll get in a lot of them. Um, Ezra 6, 21, And the sons of Israel who returned from exile and all those who had separated themselves from the impurity of the nations of the land to join them to seek the Lord God of Israel ate the Passover. So once again, they are separating themselves from something, but it's to become or be more holy. They're separating themselves from the unclean, uh, from the impure nations, and to be holy. So 
That's the reason why it's really hard. Um, they're basically taking a word from culture and trying to use it into um, meaning with God. And so it's a little bit difficult to translate cleanly. Uh, this is the main one. You'll see um, actually a lot of these, uh, both of these words used in this test there. Um, so Leviticus 20, 22 through 26 um, says, You are therefore to keep all my statutes and all my ordinances and do them, so that the land of which I am bringing you to live will not vomit you out. Furthermore, you shall not follow the customs of the nation which I am going to drive out before you, because they did all these things, therefore I have felt disgust for them. So I've said to you, you are to take possession of their land, and I myself will give it to you as a possession of land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, who has singled you out, so there's one, uh, from the peoples. You are therefore to make a distinction between the clean animal and the unclean, and between the unclean bird and the clean, and you shall not make for yourselves detestable by, or make yourselves detestable by animals or by birds or by anything that crawls on the ground, which I have distinguished for you as unclean. So you are to be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy. I have singled you out from the peoples to be mine. So once again, the whole purpose of the setting apart is to be holy. That's the essence of the words. Every, every time you can relate it back for the setting apart to be holy. That's the whole purpose of it. So now, um, well, this is where it started hitting me a lot with our sanctification. If we are positionally sanctified by Jesus Christ once and for all, we are holy to God. But how much does my life look holy before God? That's where it really started getting to me um, this past week and this week as I was studying over this stuff. Yeah, I say that, but how much of that is revealed in reality? How set apart am I? How holy am I? Um, um, one big one here, Isaiah 59, 1 through 2 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor is, it, is his ear so dull that it cannot hear. But your wrongdoings have caused a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. So this here is a, is a distinction or a separation that supports that, hey, you're not holy. Okay, this separation is showing that you are not. Um, but luckily there's the first part of 59 that his hand is not so short that he cannot save. So even though we have wrongdoings that separates us between or from God, um, he still hears and he's still able to save. All right. Here's another one. And this one's um, maybe hopefully a little bit easier uh, to relate to. Anybody take a guess at where we see this word? If you, if you say this part, you'll just about have to say it. Nazarene? 
Nazarite. Yeah. Nazar is how you say it, I think. And so to take a Nazarite vow is to you very much distinguishing yourself from other people. Yeah. So to, or this word actually means to elevate above the customary and set aside for something special or dedicated. Um, so Hosea 9.10 says, I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. I saw your forefathers as the earliest fruit of the fig tree in its first season. <clears throat> but they came to Baal Peor and devoted themselves to shame. And they became a detestable, as detestable as that which they love. So this word here is devoted, translated devoted for us here. So almost went above and beyond to bring themselves shame. Okay. Um, um, well, I thought I put who quote. I told you, I said, I think I got all the quotes in here, but. Apparently, I didn't put who, who said this one. Um, anyway, it says, The focus of sanctification in the Old Testament is ultimately on separation. This emphasis on a separation from the profane to the pure will be perpetuated to a significant degree in the New Testament, although its cultic coloring will largely pale away into the background. So this whole separation and for specifically for holy use, it kind of goes away and it's just blended together with, and there's a lot of different words uh, in the New Testament that we're going to look at. And a lot of times you'll lose the whole cultic or the, the religious aspect of it coming into the New Testament. Whereas the Old Testament, it always had to do with cultic, religion, that type of stuff. Um, we'll have more words that kind of just like set apart, set apart for anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be for holy use or for um, cultic use. Um, this particular word? All of these words that we're going to use in the New Testament. So all three of these words, we, we see them in the New Testament. Really that, um, the Bedul, we don't see the Nazarite or the Naz, Nazar one and the Kaddish as much, but all three of those are pretty much translated the same way in the New Testament. Um, but we do use a lot of, some different words there. Um, okay, this, I think this one was just Zemek. Uh, Zemek just kind of wraps up the, the end part of the Old Testament there. Um, yeah, we don't see, I think, I, actually, I think I have that in here. Um, so moving on to Greek uh, or towards the New Testament, we have the primary here is hagios, which is hagiazos, which we see a lot in the New Testament. It doesn't come, I mean, it's not a, re 